Hello, everybody. What is going on on this beautiful Sunday? Um, we are back with another movie review. We're here to review the Pitch Perfect trilogy. That is what we are doing today. Now, what I wanted to talk about is why this movie, why it's so successful, why they've made three of them now. Um, because it is a trilogy so far. They want to make more. I know that the cast was talking about coming back for a fourth movie. I would be all for it. I love these movies. I love this cast. Uh, it is, you know, just fantastic in my opinion. I do think that there was one downside, and it's funny because I think it was the downside, and the profit from the movie doesn't show that at all. I just think story-wise, the second movie out of the three was the like least impactful in my mind. It could have been better. Um, and for those of you who have not seen Pitch Perfect yet, or any of the two uh, sequels to it, you know, spoiler alert ahead, we're going to be talking about it a lot, so go watch the movies, and then come back and listen in, or continue on like you're doing now. Uh, anyway, the movies were first released, the first one was released uh, September 28th, 2012, the second one came out May 15th, 2015. And the third one was released December 22nd, 2017. So they were, you know, within two to three years of each other coming out. So it wasn't um, that far off of a sequel for you to forget everything that happened in the previous one. So that, I think, helps a great deal as you don't have to go back and rewatch um, the first one or the second one if you're going to go see the following. Um, obviously, you know, I do. I love the movies. I think they're great. I think the dynamic is what makes it great. There's this all-female cast about it, and it just works. Everybody plays off of each other's reactions or each other's dialogue, and you can all you can tell that they get along on and off set, which is always nice. Um, you know, I think just, you know, between Elizabeth Banks being a director or Anna Kendrick and Brittany Snow and Rebel Wilson and Anna Camp and so many others, that this movie really works because you have big name actresses in it as well as big name people directing and producing it. Um, now each movie, I have it written down here, each movie made the production budgets on these were actually relatively low compared to some other, like say a Marvel movie production or um, any type of action movie. The budget production on the first one was 17 million. Now I say that's low. A lot of people, if you're not familiar with movie production budgets or things like that, that is a relatively low number. I've seen movies that go way above that and make way too little profit. The second movie, uh, the production budget was $29 million, um, and the third one was $45 million. So that, to me, blew my mind when I saw those numbers, um, just the jump in between each movie. Um of production value, I would say. And for opening weekend profits, actually, the only one that broke that record for uh, production budget versus opening week profit was actually the second movie. And that, if you remember me saying, is the one that I thought did not do as well storyline-wise. I think it was just so anticipated that people went and saw it. And a lot of people were, you know, I think disappointed by the storyline piece of it. The opening weekend profit for the first movie was $5,149,433. So, you know, that is way lower than $17 million. And the second movie, um, 
made a profit of 49 i'm sorry not 49 made a profit of uh 40 million in, in just the first weekend alone which is crazy it, it went through you know the whole production budget it averaged out the weekend opening profit was $69,216,890. And the third one was really low. The production budget was $45 million, And on the opening weekend, it only made $19,928,525. I know this is a lot of numbers, and I'm sorry. Um, I just wanted to show the jump in this. Uh, it's it's crazy to me that the, really the only one that got its whole production um budget back within the first weekend was the second movie you know and in total the first movie worldwide made 116 million 44 thousand three hundred forty seven dollars the second one made a whopping 287 million six hundred twenty five thousand four hundred and sixty eight dollars worldwide and so it's still the biggest. And the third one made $185,736,412 worldwide, which is so crazy to me that the second one is still outranking the other two. I love, personally, the third one kind of felt to me like a conclusion, and I was not happy with the conclusion for a lot of reasons. It's not just because it was ending. I love the first movie. The first movie, I think, is always going to be my favorite because it introduced every character that we, we've come to love over these past eight years now since the first one was released. And how do I, I – you know, when you first meet these characters, they're kind of, like, closed off from each other, and they have to get over this hurdle and you actually become friends, and, and you can see the friendships build. And with the second and third ones, you know, you've lost a character here, or the third one, you've lost the entire male characters and you're you know you're you're meeting new ones each movie but you still have this core group that you've come to love over these eight years and that core group the barton bellas i love the barton bellas the best um female group um of any it's a musical comedy is how i would say like how i would categorize this there's not really any drama it's um comedic drama if you will it's ad-libbed type of um, drama in that sense where it's not truly, uh, you know, a drama like you watch a Nicholas Sparks movie or something like that. So it does, um, you know, it does do that very well. And this is along the lines of, for me, like a Mamma Mia movie. If I haven't talked about Mamma Mia yet, don't worry, we will. Um, but if my brother is listening in, my brother got very sick and tired of hearing about Mamma Mia when I was growing up because... I loved it that much, and he was sick and tired of watching it with me. Um, I think I still give him nightmares about that. Um, so, sorry for that. <laughs> but along the lines of this, it really is like a Mamma Mia, because the songs, you know the songs. The songs are engraved in generations. And for Pitch Perfect, for the teenagers that started watching it when they were just becoming teenagers or when they were teenagers, they're now adults, and those songs bring them back to being a teenager, but they bring them back to a simpler time. And so with each movie, we have, you know, different genres of song. Like, um, there's songs in there from the 80s. There's songs in there from the 70s. There's songs in there from the 90s and into the 2000s. So multiple generations can watch this movie together and still hear a song that brings them back to a simpler time or a time that they loved 
um, you know, more than they maybe currently do now. And it just brings them back to a happy moment or, and that's what these songs are meant to do in these moments. You know, there's so many songs, I can't name them all, but they, they sing songs from, um, you know, Poison and Britney Spears and Madonna and like all these different artists. It's crazy to me that they have so many art and it fits so well. Each actress in the movie and each actor in the movie has a very unique voice that they fit perfectly with each song, I feel like. Um, you know, I know that there's obviously uh, you can't beat originals. And that's true. You can't be like, I know Glee did a lot of music um, on that show. And we'll talk about that later in this season of uh, podcasts. So I don't want to jump too far into it. But, you know, you can never beat an original, um, no matter how good the remake could be. Uh, and it, that goes for anything, really. You're never going to beat the original. You know, with all these sequels and remakes of movies and TV shows. And you're never going to get that initial reaction the way you did with the original that you, you know, you have with the remake. And so we have to keep that in mind that, yes, it's not the original, but it's still high up there in quality. And this movie trilogy did just that. It's not the original, but they gave it their best. Each actress did. And working, I'm sorry, working, they work six months a piece on a movie, if not longer. Some Sometimes it's a year. And so to give yourself a year of working on each movie and working on the songs and, and editing the movie and editing the songs and going back in and doing voice acting and coaching for your voice because you have to sing and recording and everything, you know, it, it's time consuming and it's tiring and it's just, it worked really well. The reason, let's get into this. The reason that I think the second one did not do as well is because they, there was no dynamic. I want to say there was not one between the initial characters, Becca and Aubrey, who are played by Anna Kendrick and Anna Camp. There was always that camaraderie and they fought with each other. And that was where the um, missing link was from the first one to the second one. Um, and in the second one, you know, Aubrey graduated and, you know, so we, we see that happen and we see, we see them fight and get over that hurdle of being enemies to being friends. In this second one, we don't see that because Aubrey is not there. In the third one, she comes back a little bit more. You know, she's back again, so the it, the friendship is there again, and they, they still fight with one another at different points, but they push each other to be better. The second one, I just felt like it was all over the place. There was there was no initial hurdle that they had to get over. It was just like, oh, they went from being the bottom of the totem pole to being being the greatest um, out there in, in acapella. I mean, how many people hear about college acapella? Nobody. That's why this movie is so far-fetched. But it works. It's It totally works. Um, But it just, that second one didn't seem to fit. They were missing something. I don't know if they could have rewritten it where the characters... You know, I think they got too comfortable 
in their roles from the first one that they didn't want to add character development. We see personal character developments, but we don't see a group character development until the last 20 minutes. I would have liked to have seen it grow over the hour and a half period that we had. And that, to me, is where the divide is. And it kind of broke up the movie into, it felt like I was watching three different episodes to a TV show instead of watching one movie because you were here for, you know, this chunk of maybe 30 minutes. You were here for this chunk of the other 30, and then the next 30, you were somewhere else. So it didn't really fit as well with me. And I've heard that from a few people saying that they don't like the second one as much as the first and third ones. And the third movie to me felt like a very big conclusion like they wrote off each character but now the cast is saying that they want a fourth one the directors are saying they want a fourth one so i'm interested to see if they do make a fourth movie what they're going to do because the way that they wrote it off it could be a possible you know add on another piece to the story but they also wrote it off that if they left it alone it'd be okay you know, it, they didn't leave it on a cliffhanger. They didn't leave, you know, us wondering about certain characters. They they wrote every character their own unique ending. And I think that's really important to think about is that, are they done? Are they just not going to give us a fourth one? The one thing I was very upset about, and I've heard this, they really, uh, the studio actually got in trouble uh, making the third one because they used um, kind of like a clickbait type of situation between the two characters um to get more people interested and they actually went up against um some lgbtq um allies and resources because of using that clickbaiting um and so i'm interested interested to see what they do if they make a fourth one will they think about that will they add that in as a factor or are they just going to leave it alone so that they don't get in more trouble i'm trying not to um dig so far into that piece of it because that was a small chunk of of what uh one of my issues was with the last one but i mean overall the comedy you can't beat rebel wilson in comedy between physical comedy and spoken she's just so far out there and i think the accent makes it that much better you had this thick australian accent and just the things that she says and the the way she interacts with co-stars it's just hilarious to me but overall, I'm going to give each one of these movies its own ranking just because I don't feel I can rank the trilogy as a whole with each movie being so far different from the next. So for the first movie, oh, man, first I love the first movie. The first movie I could rewatch time after time. And the second one, you know, I'm okay if I don't see that one for a while. And the third one I can watch a few times, but then I got to take, you know, got to take a break from watching it because it's just. It makes me sad the ending does because I feel like they're not going to make another one and I want them to. Um, but the first one, I'm going to give a ranking of 9 out of 10. There was a few things that could have been just a little bit better, especially the ending. The second one, I'm going to have to give a 7 out of 10. I think that's my lowest score that I've given a movie so far during these movie review pieces. Um, I just it wasn't It wasn't as good of a sequel as it could have been, I feel. And the third one, I'm going to have to give an 8 out of 10. That one really, as a whole, needed a little bit more work, and they needed to add in a few more things to make it this grand trilogy, like, ending, if they are going to make it an ending. I know why they didn't, to leave it open. 
for another one, but it has to be an 8 out of 10. So overall, we have a 9 out of 10, a 7 out of 10, and an 8 out of 10. And that's just where I'm leaving it, you know. I think Pitch Perfect became the worldwide hit that it did because of the music, the camaraderie, the all-female cast, the all-female crew. It just really worked. The dynamics were just, they were there. You can see the humor. You can see the love and friendship. And they're still friends on it. I mean, they're still friends offset, too, which makes it just that much better. You know, we talk about the characters and their developments. There were a lot of character developments individually. I just feel like there could have been just a little bit more. There could have just been a little push to give it just that much more of an edge. And it would have worked so much better. But between the guest stars on each movie or the songs and, you know, Pitch Perfect really holds a standard for musical comedies, I feel like. I feel like other people are trying to take notes of what this trilogy did and incorporate it into so many other things. But I just don't think it's going to work as well as Pitch Perfect has. Um, But if you have not seen the movies, I highly recommend them. Uh, you don't have to take my word on the sequel. You might enjoy the sequel. I just personally, that's my least favorite out of the three. But other than that, have a great Sunday, and I will be back next Sunday with another episode. And next week, we're going to be talking about um, another topic, and then two two weeks, in two weeks, we'll have another movie review. And I think this schedule has been working out really well. We talk about a certain piece of filmmaking or editing or writing or something like that and then we go into another movie or tv show review i think uh we're gonna start doing tv show reviews uh in the in the next two weeks so we might have a tv show review not a movie review because i've done a lot of movie reviews so as always thank you for listening thank you for you know your support and we will be back again next week bye